0: Our scripture this morning comes from the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 1 through 9. At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness, When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built a virgin Israel. Again, you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers, Again you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samurai. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. For there shall be a day when sentinels will call in the hill country of Ephraim. Come, let us go up to Zion, to the Lord of our God. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together a great company. They shall return here with weeping. They shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: As we start this morning, I want to ask you to take just a second and think about where is the closest Bible to you right now? Where is the closest Bible? Maybe you don't have one in your house. Okay, that's okay. No judgment here. If that's true, I'm going to strongly suggest that you go online and you buy one today. Do it today. Now, if you need to do that, when you go to Amazon or wherever you go online to buy books, you're gonna find about 1,000 choices for Bibles, maybe 2,000, all right? It can be really overwhelming. So as you're shopping, I wanna suggest that you look for a Common English Bible. That's the translation, the CEB, Common English Bible. It's a <coughs> excuse me. It's a translation that's less than 10 years old, and it was commissioned by the United Methodist Church and some other denominations together. And uh, it's a really good translation, very modern in the language, very easy to read. So if you're in the market for a new Bible, that's my suggestion, a CEB, a Common English Bible. So order a CEB today. Every Christian household needs a Bible. And if you cannot afford a Bible right now, get in touch with me, we will buy a Bible for you. No questions asked, okay, just let me know. We'll get you a Bible. Every Christian household needs a Bible. But if you have a Bible in your house, the question is, where is it? Is it tucked away in some box, never unpacked from the last time that you moved? Or is it over in the guest bedroom on a bookshelf, used for decor more than anything else? Or is it in your living room, right next to the novel that you're reading? Or is it on your bedside table there so you can read it before you fall asleep or maybe thumb through it when you first wake up? in the morning i'm asking about your nearest bible because as we're going through this sermon series words to the wise i have been struck again and again by how incredibly relevant the bible is now it's an old book really old right parts of it are more than three thousand years old and they're telling stories that are even older than yet than that and yet the power that it has to speak to us right here right now in the midst of this global pandemic is just amazing to me Think about in all those years since it was written, the Bible has guided and strengthened people through so much. Think about everything that it's endured, all the plagues, so many wars, natural disasters, empires crumbling, untold numbers of personal disasters. The Bible has stood beside people through all of that and it's here with us, right here, right now, offering messages that we need to hear Messages that will help us as we experience this communal trauma of COVID-19. You know, a pandemic's new to us, but it's not new to God, and it's not new to the Scriptures. And that's humbling to me. It's humbling to me to think about all the things that the Bible has seen people through. And it helps me be a little less afraid to think of that. I hope it does that for you, too. It's why I wanted to preach these weeks about words in the Bible that have resonance for our pandemic times. But, you know, they aren't just words. They're actually concepts. They're actually themes. They're they're actually major threads that run through the entirety of Scripture from beginning to end. They're topics that the Bible goes back to again and again as a way to help us understand ourselves and the world and God. You know, every week I've picked one verse to kind of highlight the theme or the word, but every week I had dozens and dozens of choices so deep into the fabric of the biblical story are these words or these themes two weeks ago we talked about refuge about how god is our very present help in trouble and last week we talked about lamentation how we're invited as people of faith to lift up our sadness and our despair to god trusting that god hears and god understands and today we're going to explore how god responds to our faithful lamentation and that is that god offers consolation God offers consolation. Consolation, it's not a word that we use all that much, but we see it around us all the time. Consolation is something that we do for one another quite often. Consolation. It can look like the care of a parent. Imagine a two-year-old falling suddenly, tripping on the sidewalk and skinning a knee. The child looks down at that small wound and begins to cry, and what happens? The parent rushes over to console. They offer reassurance. They tend to the wound. They wrap the child up in their arms and they rock them back and forth, back and forth, until the crying stops. And they say, I know it was scary, but you're safe and I'm here. And I'm gonna stay until you feel better. I love you. Consolation. It can look like a meal brought to a house after someone dies the knock at the door answered by a family member whose face is drawn tight with grief maybe even eyes red from crying and a friend stands on the porch and holds out a big aluminum pan and says here we made lasagna and there's enough for everybody and there's garlic bread and homemade cookies too and we wish we could do more but we can feed you at least and we're grieving with you and we know how hard this is and We're going to come back as many times as you need us to. Consolation. It can look like reaching out to a friend who's lost a job, offering to go and get coffee with them so they can get out of the house. Like, this is pre-pandemic, you're imagining, right? But having something that they can put on their calendar. And, And as they come to the coffee counter, the friend says, this one's on me. And as they sit down, you say, I know this is hard and I know what a good employee you are, and I know how hard you work, and I know that you're worried about your family, and you feel so responsible, so let me just remind you that your family thinks you're awesome, and they love you, and there's some place that's going to want your skills and your work, and until then, we're going to meet every week for espresso. Consolation. It's a powerful thing for us to offer to one another, after a hurt or a disappointment or a a grief or a loss. And and we can offer it to one another because uh, we receive the same thing from God. We receive consolation from God in all times, in all places that we need it. Our God is ready to give us a consolation, a word of consolation, because that's what God does. God is a God of consolation, something that the Bible reinforces for us over and over and over again. Our God is a God of consolation. So no matter what trouble or heartache or loss or grief or disappointment we are in, God is ready to offer us comfort, to soothe our hurts, to reassure us of God's promises, to speak a word of love, to offer hope, to grant us peace. And the place that we see that in the scripture for today comes from the prophet Jeremiah, as Denny said, jeremiah he was a prophet in a very difficult time in israel's history a lot going on there a lot of tumult i would love to tell you all about the story of his prophecy just to dive deep into the biblical nerdiness of it all but we don't have time for that today so just know that most of jeremiah's prophecies are pretty dreary describing a people uh, caught up in the conflict of foreign powers he often calls for repentance because he feels like the people have turned toward wickedness and and are worshiping of false gods and he wants them to stop he's got a lot to be unhappy about now last week you might remember we talked about how in the year 587 bce jerusalem was besieged by the babylonian army it was conquered and a large part of the people were taken to live in exile in babylonia they were removed from the land and this was terribly traumatic for the people of israel not only because they were dislocated from their homes but because it seemed like a rejection of everything that God had promised right God had made promises clear back to Abraham that said that they were supposed to live in that land that God would give it to them and they would be there forever and they would prosper and all that seemed to disappear when the people were forced into exile Jeremiah he'd already been a prophet for several decades by the time this happened But he was not among those taken to exile. Jeremiah was given a choice, and he chose to stay in Jerusalem with the Israelites that remained there and were subject to the Babylonian that was left in charge. And from Jerusalem, then Jeremiah wrote messages to the people who were in Babylonia who were in exile, and he shared with them a word from the Lord. And part of one of those messages is what scholars call the Book of Consolation, which is chapters 30 through 33 of of the prophet Jeremiah. And our scripture comes from that. Okay, so what does he say? What does he say? This is a message that he sends to the people that are living far from home. People unsure if God has abandoned them. Think about it. They're longing for their houses. They're longing for their neighborhoods. They're pining for the temple as as they knew it. They're pining for life in Jerusalem. They're wishing for life to return to what they want instead of a life that they're stuck living with. Does that sound at all familiar to you? Jeremiah says God has plans for you and there's going to be a day when your suffering will come to an end remember what the scripture said I will be the God of all the families of Israel he says meaning even those who are far far away and they shall be my people and then Jeremiah shares this word of God saying I have loved you with an everlasting love imagine what that sounded like to the people so far from home so far from normal life i have loved you with an everlasting love therefore i have continued my faithfulness to you and then jeremiah shares this vision of a people who are one day gonna return to their land he says they will return to a place of joy and hopefulness he says you're going to take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers and you're going to plant vineyards He says, see, I'm going to bring them from the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth. And Jeremiah says that the return is going to be so powerful and so good that even the weak and the vulnerable will be able to make the journey home. No one will be left behind. God's going to provide. So he says, the blind, the lame, those with child, those in labor, together, together as a great company, they will return here. Jeremiah says God's going to lead the faithful back home. No matter how far away they feel or how disrupted life is, Jeremiah says God's going to return them to merrymaking and joy. God's love has not abandoned them, and they have reason to hope. Now, God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah to give consolation to the people who were in exile. But the way that the scripture works, the way the Bible works, is that God continues to speak through it to give us the consolation we need today. So what God says to the exiles in Babylonia, God can and does say to us, I love you, I'm with you, I have a future for you. That was the message to them, and it's the same message to us. Last week, we talked about how lamentation is when we cry out to God, right? We speak to God, sharing our pain, our sadness, our grief. Lamentation is always a prayer lifted up to God. Well, consolation consolation is when God speaks to us consolation is when we're reminded of God's presence and God's promises consolation is when we receive a message of reassurance and hope from the Holy Spirit and it can happen in all kinds of different ways it can come from a voice of a friend just like Jeremiah shared those words of consolation from God to the people who needed to hear them so we can hear another person's speaking God's promises to us Consolation can come through prayer. When we sit in silence and and we listen for God, we listen for those inner whisperings of the Spirit where God brings us messages of encouragement and reassurance. Consolation can come through music. A melody or a lyric can stir us deep inside and remind us that we are loved beyond measure and it's going to be okay. You know, the special music that we've been having here during online worship has been a consolation to me each and every week. And Aaron, he did it again today with his eyes on the sparrow. On Thursday, I officiated at the wedding for Betty Bongi, a longtime member of St. Paul's. And Betty's husband, Duane, was a member of the Ponca tribe of Nebraska, and the family has been involved in tribal activities for many, many years. And so at her graveside on Thursday, a native woman came and sang a song in the Ponca language after I had finished my short graveside service. I wish you could have heard it. Her voice rang out so clear in the spring air. The sun was shining beautifully on Thursday. The grass is such a brilliant green right now. And as she sang the song, I just imagined it covering the casket in this ancient tradition this respect, this love. It was the holiest of moments, better than anything I said all day. It was a deep consolation to the family. Consolation can come through something we see. right? A rainbow in the sky is this exact thing. In Genesis, we read that a rainbow is a sign of God's everlasting covenant to be our God and to deal graciously with us. It's a consolation from God every time we see a rainbow. And those are only some of the ways that God, through the Spirit, offers us the consolation we need. In the Gospel of John, Jesus promises the disciples that he will not leave them orphaned, but he would send another one to be with them, a helper, a comforter, one to bring consolation, a friend. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit be with us always and teach us and remind us what Jesus taught So friends, that means that right now, today, the Spirit is near, ready to offer hope and reassurance just like we need. If we'll just take time to listen, we can hear God speaking messages to our souls, messages of consolation, messages like, I'm with you, I'll never leave you, your suffering will not last forever, you are strong and brave even when you don't feel like it, I'm here to help you. I'll listen to you and come when you need me. This pain will not be the end of you. You matter to me. Remembering God's power, God's desire to offer us consolation. I have two challenges for you today. First off, read your Bible. That one that you figured out where it is in your house or you're going to order today online, read it. Just be intentional. Just this week, it's a small challenge I'm giving you, just this week, and if you don't ever read the Bible, then just do it one or two days this week. If you do read it sometimes, then read it three or four, or every day this week. Now, if you're not sure where to start, please do not start at the book of Genesis and try to read it all the way through. You're going to get to numbers, and you're going to quit. That's just what's going to happen, so don't do that. Instead, can I suggest that you read the Psalms? Start with the Psalms even just read one of them a day they are chock full of messages of consolation the psalms again and again speak of the consolation of god or if you don't want to read the psalms you could read a gospel start with matthew or mark read just one of those this week don't hurry your way through it there are so many promises of god in the gospels and consolations for us to absorb there so that's number one read your bible secondly take a moment this week to be a source of consolation for someone else there are lots of ways to do this, but what I'm going to suggest that you do today is to write a card or a letter, right? We're, we're all on a little slower pace of life at this moment, and giving and receiving mail is an often missed pleasure. You know, you could even write it on a Christmas card if that's all you've got in your house. It's no problem. Write a word of comfort, a word of support, a word of hope to somebody that you think might need it. Put it in the mail and send it on. I've gotten several such cards in the last weeks from friends, from family members, from church members, and each one is such a gift to receive right now as we're separated from one another. So take a moment to be a source of consolation for someone else this week. Our God is a God of consolation. May that comfort you and encourage you and strengthen you in whatever measure you need it today. Thanks be to God. Amen.